Thank you for joining us for Effective Heart Change, the podcast that will discuss how to apply faith principles to real-life situations. This is Effective Heart Change. It's good to be here with Effective Heart Change. Welcome, Dale. It's my observation that it's good to be. <laughs> it, it, it's good to be. It, I've heard you say before, it's good to be seen. Yeah, well, that's right. And, and uh, I'm, I'm looking forward to the alternative, but I'm not rushing into it. You're, you're not, you're not <laughs> I got a lot of work into, to do here yet. <laughs> you, you, you still think there's a reason to be around, huh? Well, I, I think God must think there's a reason to be around, or otherwise I wouldn't be. So that's my point of view anyway. One of the things that I want to talk about today, obviously, but that I really learned by working with the Omega Project, working with addicts. Early on in the program, I thought I was a pretty good judge of character. And we would have people come in that I'd actually been working with before they came in and, and just connecting and spending some time. And I'm like, wow, this one, this one's absolutely going to make it. And one of those people that I thought was just a slam dunk didn't even make it 12 hours. And it's, it's kind of crazy when I started figuring out just how wrong I could be. And one of the things that I had to learn in that whole picture is that I absolutely don't know. And I'm going to take that the next step, which is you and I don't know, and this isn't even about other people. This is about ourselves. Oh, absolutely. I think that you, that's, that's one of the key things. That as, as I've grown older, older and I'm, I'm, I'm ahead of you, I don't mm -hmm. think you're ever going to catch up. Yeah, I won't catch up with you. <laughs> but as I've grown older, I realize that I know a whole lot less than I thought I did. And, and that, that uh, it's, it's a hard pill to swallow every once in a while, but uh, to, to realize that you don't know and admit it, uh, it's, a great, it's a great start on a great day. It, it's interesting because I'm extremely insightful at times with people. In other words, they sit down and I'm able to just lay things out and you know, their eyes get large and they're like, how did you know that, and et cetera. They expect me then to be able to know things that I don't know, can't know. And, and there's times that I can predict how people are going to respond, but there's a lot of the time that I can't. And, and I want to take you to this verse. This is in Genesis twenty two twelve, where it says, and he, and it's capitalized, you know, where it's like, okay, God said to Abraham, do not lay your hand on the lad. Now, let me, let me set this up so we'll go back. This is God speaking to Abraham. He had commanded Abraham to take Isaac up on the mountain as a sacrifice. So he does that. He prepares the sacrifice. You've got the wood, the pictures that I've seen. I don't know how true they are, but he's bound up. He's tied up. Isaac is laying right there. Abraham has the knife up and he's ready to plunge it into Isaac because that's what God has commanded him to do. And he's right there at that point, perhaps even starting in the action. And God says, don't lay your hand on the lad or do anything to him. For now I know that you fear God since you have not withheld your son, your only son from me. For now I know. Now, 
this is shocking to me because what do we do with God? We we talk about that omniscience. We talk about that foreknowing. We talk all knowing. Yeah, all knowing. He he's able to look into the future. God Himself says, "Now I know." It almost implies that He didn't know ahead of time, which I'm not sure I want to comment on that or make this about God. But now I know there is a significance to life events and life choices in terms of the forming and shaping of people. So do you want me to give the, the, my opinion on that? I know uh, is, is more about uh, the gentleman with the knife than it is about God. God knows, he, he, but uh, what, what uh, he has done, Abram's done, is affirmed that he agrees with what God wants him to do. That, that, so it's I know that you know. It, it would be more uh, a direct translation in my opinion. I don't want to make this program about that. We could spend the entire program talking about, okay, does he know and omniscience and all of that. But the emphasis that we're talking about today is for us, that so much of the time we don't know until the life event. And I started the program talking about when I'm looking at someone coming in uh, to, to the Omega Project, and we're going to work with this addict, and I'm, I'm trying to predict whether they will be successful or won't be successful. That's one sort of a thing. But let's bring it down and let's turn around. It's not about me knowing about them. Let's take it to the person themselves. You know, what's interesting, I think that's what God does with us in life events a lot of the time. We need those events partially, and this is what you were saying. This is, it's more about Abraham than it is about God. We need those life events to reveal our heart. And then once our heart is revealed, now I have the ability, if I need to, to repent and to make it right or to feel good about the work God has done and is doing. But many times when I come up against an event, I don't know who I am. And one of the big points that I make over and over again is we're all blind to ourselves. So we need life events like this that where we're pushed up against a wall and, and we're having this encounter and having to make this decision, when we're in that kind of a life event, it helps reveal to us what's actually going on inside of us. One of the interesting reactions is, I didn't know I had that in me. And, and uh, I think that that's part of the God experience is that, that uh, he allows us to be in situations where we have to decide one way or the other, and we do daily, multiple times. But we have to decide, and in the process, it's kind of like, wow, that's pretty cool, or oh man, I don't want to go there. That I didn't know why I had it in me actually goes both ways, for good and for evil. You know, there are times when God pushes us in the same way maybe a coach would push us. And so we have that event, and it comes along, and there's, there's kind of this wake-up call of, well, I couldn't do that. I, I could never do this, do that. You know, one of them that, that I enjoy is, is just prayer. 
a lot of times people are like, well, I can't pray out loud, or I can't speak in front of a group, or I can't, you know, a lot of those kinds of things, when you set that thing up and you, you get this thing started, after a while, it's like people are like, wow, I, I, I can't believe what I'm doing. And it's fun to watch the transformation of people if you take them through a step-by-step process, but they have to come up against those encounters where you've got this situation and, and all of a sudden it's after the event, it's now I know. And the one-liner that I use with this that is very, very significant that we want to explore is the idea that heart change comes through heart choice. There, we need these life events to speak to us, to reveal who we are, what's going on in our lives, because those are the wake-up calls. They're, they're now the starting points. So now what decisions do I need to make that are going to grow me in the direction that I need to grow? Argue for your limitations, and sure enough, they're yours. And, and we, we stop the process of of joining with God uh, too often by deciding that that's, that's beyond me. Well, probably is, but that's why God's there and, and uh, opens up an opportunity and we can say yes or we can say no. So we really need life events, and it, you get into a whole different thing, cause. You know, did God cause it? Did he allow it? You know, you get into that. But we need these life events, and these life events end up being pivotal. Sometimes we don't know ahead of time. This is one thing I say a lot about addicts. I don't know what you're going to choose. I don't know if you're going to make it. And you want to know what's even crazier? You don't know. You know what we do a lot of times with addicts? A lot of times we're pushing, well, do you really want it? Are you really going to do it this time? And I've stopped asking those questions. Because the reality is, I don't know, and they don't know, and they won't know until they're actually right there, and that decision is right in front of them. So why in the world are we pressing them for something that none of us know? So the only thing that's really helpful in that, the question that I ask is, are you willing? And you get them to think about, explore, plan ahead of time to be willing. That can be helpful. But the question is, well, when this happens, you know, what are you going to do? Well, you can plan ahead of time, and I want you to make a plan ahead of time, and I want you to think about who you want to be and how you want to respond. Those are all helpful tools, but many times when it actually comes down to it, the heart gets revealed, then it's the response after the response that becomes very, very important. I don't know. That's a key phrase, and uh, I think too often we uh, have this uh, perception of ourselves that we should know. There's lots of stuff. The older I get, the less I don't know, and I'm okay with that because there's a God that does, and uh, I, I want to join up with that. Well, we're going to take a break, give you a moment to think about some of those pivotal life events that really have been direction setters in your life, Talk about that, and then we will continue. (music) 
one of the things that I find in talking with people, working with people, I call it God zaps. People want, especially in the addiction realm, people want to be able to pray this really perfect prayer. And after they pray that prayer, what happens? All of a sudden, they're fixed and everything works. (laughs) One prayer covers all. (laughs) <laughs> and what I tell people is I don't believe in God zaps. Now, let me let me start here. I, I happen to be a you know Pentecostal charismatic, believe very much in the supernatural. I believe in God doing powerful things instantaneously in the supernatural. But I'm not talking about God moving, you know, unilaterally in your life to do something. I'm talking about heart change here. What I believe in the area of heart change, everything in the area of heart change, you have to, the word that I use, you have to embrace it. You have to put your amen on it. So I've got a life event that comes along and it reveals my heart. It shows me what's going on there. The one-liner that I use is heart change comes through heart choice. And I don't know, let's go back to that phrase again, I don't know what I'm going to choose. I can plan ahead of time. Have you ever done that? Where you, you just, you've just made all the best plans and it just didn't work out that way. Oh, maybe a time or a hundred. A time or a hundred? <laughs> I, I, you use the word uh, embrace. And, and I, I'm thinking uh, you meet someone that you're attracted to. You don't give her one hug and that's it. Uh, miraculously, everything is wonderful. Uh, you want to be in the presence. Uh, you want to f- have a, a, it's a, almost a physical thing. Uh, it's both a commitment from inside and it's a, a, a physical thing. And so that, that really helps me get a picture of, of what you're talking about, that, that embracing uh, is is a long term. It's it's more than one time. It isn't a it isn't a zap. It's it it, it it's a commitment. In Genesis twenty two twelve that we were talking about, it appears that wow, you've got this one time event and it's completely pivotal, and it is. But you have to understand that God had many years before that, God had brought Abraham out of his country, away from his people walked him step by step through a process, there had been heart change, heart change, heart change, heart change. So he was at a culmination point. He was at a pivotal point where it's like, wow, this, this is a pivotal event. And after this event, after your decisions of embracing me, of embracing my work, God says to him, after those things, now I know. I've seen it. I've done this work in you. I've established this thing. There is a solid point in you now, and I can work with you and from this solid point in you. That's not the picture of the God zap of God just kind of showed up, and all of a sudden, there was this incredible heart change because of what God did. That's not the picture that you get there at all. Relationship is what comes to mind over the years, and there were promises made too. That I think that's an important part of the of the building of the the uh, relationship between God and Abraham, and and comes to a culmination, sort of. It's really the beginning of the beginning, but uh, it's based on relationship, embracing each other, 
good and bad, uh, over a period of time, and then come to this moment. So you come to this moment, heart change comes through, heart choice. You've, when that event shows up, is there going to be an understanding of what God's doing, an embracing of what God's doing? And actually what God is doing almost always has another purpose. And that purpose is that we would be transformed into the image of Christ. And so if you don't develop a larger goal, if you don't change this picture into something more than just immediate situation, it's not going to work. Many times these pivotal moments are crisis situations. I'm coming up against this crisis situation. I go through it. I think I've made the right choice. I'm good. Many times it's not like it is for Abraham here, which is the culmination. Many times, actually, that pivotal moment is the front end. And so I make my one strategic choice and I think, wow, I'm changed forever. No, if there's not the consistent embracing that goes after that, we have a problem. I've arrived. Yeah. I haven't arrived. Yeah. And so, For you to understand this and understand that heart change is cooperative with God. When I learn to cooperate with God on a daily basis and I'm embracing His will, I'm embracing what He wants to do, that's what it looks like. It's not there's this immediate zap. I don't know how many people I've had in the program. I have one particular guy that I I make give a hard time every time we come to this because he had this pivotal moment where God just touched him, and he'd, he'd done enough stuff that he should be dead, and all of a sudden, God spoke to him and said, get to church, and he got to church, and when he got there, he was like instantly sober, and he was able to deal with things, and so what? There was a God zap, but did that God zap bring heart change? No. Within 30 days, he'd turned his back and walked away. God zaps, where God shows up in power, don't bring heart change. Heart change comes with heart choice. So it's important to get your head wrapped around that, to make the quality choices and to watch the process of what God is doing and ask the question, am I cooperating with what God is doing in a way that I can grow and will get better as time goes on? It's a relation that's just, you gotta gotta hang in there on a relationship. It looks good and then, oh my, this is work. Let's take a break and we will talk about this whole process and how we give our lives to Christ day by day, decision by decision, and then we'll be back. When we're looking at life events, and we're looking at them in terms of the purpose, and and I'm going to put it in this language, what God is doing. I believe we need to get a larger picture. And I love Romans 8, 29, where it says that he is predestined, and don't get caught on that word. People do crazy stuff. but, But the will of God is for us to be conformed, to be transformed into the image of his Son. He wants all of us to grow up into that character, and, and a word that I've coined that I really love is the idea of life givers. So often we have people come into the program for addiction recovery, and they're, they're just hoping to get good enough 
so that they don't use anymore and they can have a quote-unquote normal life. And, and what they really want, if they're an alcoholic, they really want to be able to continue drinking and, and not fall off on the deep end. That's what they really want, you know. And, but the will of God, that's not the will of God. The will of God is so much greater. And when your sights are set short, when it's like, I just want enough. Well, if you just want enough, you probably won't get enough. Because at some point, you've got to embrace, there's that word again, you've got to embrace the will of God for your life. And that is that you would be completely who God wants you to be. See, you're never going to be happy with you. You're never going to be happy with life. You're never going to feel fulfilled until you embrace that larger purpose. And I believe the larger purpose for every one of us is to be transformed into the image of Christ. You, you uh, use the word predestined, and it, it does cause a lot a of misery in, in, in religious thought. But I had a thought along with that. Uh, God sees us as that one with Christ that he desires for us. And so he sees us as Christ, our, our potential in the body of Christ. And, and uh, to me, that's, that's a beautiful predestination. And, and it gives a, a little different view of, of what uh, is meant by that. I believe that, that it's his view that we be all we can be of Christ, and, and that changes the whole idea. Well, good language, is, I believe, is God looking down at us saying, this is what I want for mm -hmm. you. Absolutely. And think about a pearl for a moment. A pearl starts usually as a grain of sand or some kind of irritant, but then develops into this beautiful pearl. Well, if you think about that picture, things that are grains of sand or irritant, that life event shows up, and I'm getting ready for this, this real-life response, and that real-life response is either going to move me toward Christ, toward the beauty of Christ, toward being a life-giver, or that life response is going to reshape my heart. See, we're living tablets. We're, we're clay. We're, we're continually being molded by life, but we're not being molded by life from the outside, from a God who is just kind of there zapping us and doing whatever he wants to do. It's a cooperative process. I don't know how many times I need to say that, but I want to say it over and over again so that we understand that. And it's a long-term process. Uh, we don't uh, uh, have our irritants. <laughs> We're not our irritants to God. And, and all of a sudden, the shell pops over, open and we're a pearl. It doesn't, doesn't happen like that. It doesn't that. happen like that? No, well, not in my life it didn't anyway, and so that's, that's where I'm going with it. <laughs> but uh, the idea that that's one step, that, that one irritant, but there's a number of things that over and over. And that one step, I like that language because that's what I'm talking about right now is embracing that larger picture. And that larger picture is this life event showed up, and I, I love the concept of, I call it fail forward. I might even totally blow it in that life event. We've had times when people have relapsed and that relapse just catapulted them to complete sobriety because there was something about the way that thing came about that they failed forward. They saw their stuff. They owned their stuff. They, 
They maybe started to trust at a different level. Who knows what factor came in? But life events, you can even fail and fail forward. After you fail, you get a wake-up call. You see truth in a greater way, and, and you turn this thing. So it's not like the event itself has to be final. It, it, it's not like it has to shape this thing into success or failure. Heart change comes through heart choice, and it's a continual process of me reacting to God, responding to God, embracing God. The more I drink that in, the more I can be transformed into Christ and Christ-likeness, and then I become that life giver. No longer do I have this shallow goal that bores me to where I'm not really able to get anywhere, but now I've got a goal that's great enough that I can I'm willing to fight for this thing. I'm willing to go through obstacles. I'm willing to go through pain because it's something that really excites me. When people get a hold of that, they can really get heart change. It's a moment in time, and and it has great potential, but it isn't the end product. Uh, I'm reminded of the movie that uh, somebody says, all I want's the truth, and the, and the reply is, you couldn't handle the truth. But we want all of God's blessing at once. Uh, but the reality of it is we have no understanding of that, and we couldn't handle it if he gave it to us. It's kind of like giving the keys to a three-year-old. <laughs> I, I have a three-year-old grandchild right now. I, I can't imagine handing him the car keys, you know? Uh, I can't. I, you know, who, knows, who knows where that one would end up? But that's where we are a lot of times. We're, we're wanting things way beyond where we are. And heart change also, I call it, it's layered. It's line upon line, precept upon precept out of Isaiah. And when we understand that it's like, you know, it's algebraic, if you will. I need this concept in order for the next concept, in order for the next concept. That's what heart change looks like. I would I put it at appreciation. Uh, we need to learn to appreciate something specific, and then there's a building process. And it's it's a building of appreciation of, oh, a thank you attitude. Wow, that's great. And, oh, there's more? And then there's an anticipation, which we might call hope. Do you have a life goal that will excite you and keep you moving? If you don't, it'll be hard to get the kind of heart change that you need because there's times you're going to have to push through Per persevere through some difficult stuff in order to get there. We'll take a break, deal with these topics, and then we'll be back. As we're talking about heart change, and heart change comes through heart choice, what what do we need to remember? What's, what's perhaps the most important thing in order for us to, to get where we need to go? And I'm going to go back to a phrase where we started with, which is, I don't know. And I'm going to give a tagline to that, which is one word, which is humility. It's interesting when we're going through life just to be in that place. I know for me, one of the best things that I learned uh, in my relationship with my wife and other people is to very clearly enunciate, I'm sorry. It's good to start there. I'm sorry I 
was wrong. That's the bingo. That's the bingo. <laughs> and and so it I mean that's just huge and then a second one that that goes with that is I don't know. Um and you don't know what you don't know and you don't know how you're going to respond. I've said it over and over again but the people who walk into the recovery program saying I'll make you proud. I've learned my lesson. Uh, it's like Turn right back around, walk back out of here. I don't want to touch you because if you believe that about you, you will not be successful. Why? Wrong attitude. It's faith in self. Whereas if you walk in and go, I don't know what I need to do. I'm here to listen. I'm here to learn. Completely changes things. And it goes both ways because you, earlier you've talked about how when you started, you thought you knew, I thought I knew how some the things. other person would turn out. Uh, so uh, when, we, when we point the finger at someone else for not knowing, we need to accept that in ourselves. And I think that that's one of the really important parts of maturation itself. As I've grown older, it's easier for me to say, I don't know. And, and, and when I get why not, I say, I don't know why I don't know, but I don't know. And, and that's a that's a great jump-off uh, place for conversation, for, for a mutual discovery process. I thank God for the work that I've done over the last 15 years because it has done exactly that. It's slapped me up against the wall, so to speak. I and mean, we need that. To, to where it's just like, I've figured out in a big hurry what I don't know and what I don't have the ability to do. And I don't have the ability to bring heart change in anyone. Only God can do that. And now I'm going to sound blasphemous, but not even God can do that apart from your cooperation. It is, we are living tablets, and God doesn't unilaterally do stuff in us. He reaches out to us. He says, hey, he draws us. He woos us. He he does all of these different things, but ultimately we have to say yes. We have to say amen to this whole thing. And I can't overemphasize that I don't know is all right. Uh, to, to be honest with yourself, be honest with God. It's humility. I don't know is is one of the best pieces of humility to where I'm I'm just here. I'm hanging out. I. I know some things, and I have learned so much over the last 15 years working with addicts, and, and again, not just addicts, this expands into every part of my life, just working with anybody who has difficulties, et cetera. It's just, it's enlightened me in terms of how to deal with people and situations, but I think I have a greater awareness today than I've ever had when I'm sitting down with you that unless God shows up, unless he speaks, unless he intervenes, I don't know what to tell you. And that, that makes such a huge difference in my life. It makes such a huge difference in the lives of the people that I'm dealing with because they don't feel run over at that point in the way that they did. And it's just, it's, the I don't know is so important. The humility is so important where I come up to a life situation I can make my plans. I encourage you to do that. I can make my plans. I can think it through ahead of time. But until the event is over, the event will reveal my heart. I don't fully know who I am, what I would do, where I'm going to go.
we tend to see I don't know as a self-condemnation. And, and actually, it's an invitation. It's, it's, oh, that's a good question. That's a good way of phrasing it. That's a good question. I don't know. What do you think? These are a couple of good ways. The, the I don't knows, the in, invitation of correction. I mean, these are different things. Walking in humility is one of the greatest things you can do. And when you start seeing life events that way, over and over again, we have people paired up who just hate each other, you know, and, just, <laughs> and, and I go back to the verse, uh, Proverbs 27, as iron sharpens iron, so one man sharpens another. So often that person or that situation that's just beyond us, what happens? It's a life event. It reveals our heart. It reveals where we need to grow. When we have that kind of humility and we're reaching out to God and saying, God, whatever it is, I want to know, I want to grow, I, I want you, I want your fullness, that's humility. And when you're in humility, it's much easier than to embrace God in a way that you'll grow, in a way that you'll get better. It may be a revelation as well that uh, that person that you hate and they hate you, you're probably dealing with a lot of the same thing. <laughs> and humility isn't one of them. <laughs> it is not. We, we all need those things in our lives. So as you're looking forward, don't look at those difficult things, I hope, the same way that you've been looking at them. When you hit those difficult points, start to see it as a place where God will reveal to you, and maybe even through you to other people, what he wants to do, how he wants to do it, and the ultimate purpose. Let's go back to the last section that we we're talking about, the ultimate purpose is that his life would be revealed in you, through you, that you'd be a life giver. God wants us to be a blessing, certainly to one another, and then also to bring glory to him. In my life, I've seen just a few, uh, I don't want to minimize it, but I've seen a few people where I look at them and I see Jesus. And that's what, G what God desires for all of us. It's a great goal, to have that goal to, I want to be like Jesus. I want to be his life. I hope you've enjoyed it, been challenged on Effective Heart Change, and we will see you next time. Video production, editing, and audio by Matthew. Set design and setup by Ashley. Content recorded live at Studio 104.